0: Hello and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on a social media site of your
1: choice. Do you have elderly parents or family members that might be losing their ability to make smart financial decisions? or worse yet, being subject to a scam artist taking advantage of their vulnerability? Joining us today is Richard Eisenberg, senior web editor of Money and Security and Work and Purpose channels of Next Avenue. He has also been the personal finance editor at Money, Yahoo, Good Housekeeping, and CBS Money Watch. Today, he's gonna share with us some ideas of how to have a discussion with a vulnerable family member and what steps you can take to protect them from making poor decisions, or worse yet, to being taken advantage of. Welcome Richard. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. You share the same passion as we do and that's helping people make better decisions and be in a better position financially to reach their future and you started a website called nextavenue.org. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what was the passion that you had that drove you to do
0: this? Sure. Yes. Well, nextavenue.org is a new website that was just launched in May uh, by PBS. And basically, those of us who started it together uh, a few months back thought it was really useful and a good idea to have a website for people primarily in their 50s and 60s who are dealing with interesting issues in their lives and what we call the next avenue of their lives and try to help them navigate that. So I'm in charge of our money channel and our work and purpose channel, and we also have channels that have to do with health and caregiving, because that's a very big issue for a lot of people, and what we call living and learning, which is basically the fun parts of your life.
1: Now, we've had some discussions in the past about some of the financial dangers that are facing people as they get older. They might lose some of their cognitive abilities and become much more vulnerable possible scam artist or other issues or maybe making poor decisions or a family member taking advantage of them. What do you see as the importance for people in 50s and 60s to keep an eye on their finances of their parents?
0: Well, it's a really important thing because what we've been hearing from financial advisors as well as people in the medical community is that one of the first signs of cognitive impairment for people in their 70s and 80s and older is trouble making financial decisions properly. And that could mean... Just being confused about certain financial matters, it could mean being forgetful, paying the same bill twice or not paying their bill at all, and being gullible, being taken advantage of by people who say that they're there to help you. So we really feel it's really important for people in their 50s and 60s who have older parents to do whatever they can to try to avoid their parents becoming victims of elder fraud and elder financial abuse.
2: So how do you suggest helping your parents from making these financial mistakes, such as maybe unnecessary expenses or possibly even inappropriate investments?
0: Well, there are a few things I think people can do. The first thing I would suggest, and it's something that I've done myself with my own parents, is to sit down with your parents and... First have what I call the talk, which is a very candid conversation to say to your mom and dad, I want to be sure that nothing happens to you and your finances. I want to help you avoid any kind of danger. So what I'd like to first do with your permission is to be able to go through your checkbook and your bank statements and just be sure I understand what you're paying your bills for now to see if maybe I can save you some money. And I think a lot of people will find that there probably are ways that you can save your parents some money, and they'll be grateful for you to do that. In my case, I found that my parents were paying a homeowner's insurance bill. They actually lived in a rental apartment, and yet the homeowner's insurance was based on the house that they had lived in years before, which was a much larger place. They had much bigger contents, more expensive contents, and so they were overpaying by thousands of dollars for what they were really needed to insure and they didn't realize that they were just paying the bill because the bill came. So I feel like I was very helpful to show them that they didn't need to pay that much and I worked it out with their insurance agents so that they didn't. So I would say you have the talk with your parents Start taking a look at their expenses, seeing whether everything makes sense, if there are ways that maybe you can help them to save some money. Then you might want to, if you haven't done this already, set up durable power of attorney agreements with your parents and financial advisors or yourself so that if your parents are in a position where they are not able to make financial decisions, either you or your siblings or their financial advisor, somebody will be able to take control and has the permission to take control so that your parents are not going to be victimized.
1: You kind of just brought that up, just have that conversation with your parents. And I know being a financial advisor, and I know Tony's run into this as well, is sometimes it's the parents that don't want to disclose anything to the kids. Or other times it's the kids that really feel nervous and kind of out of place in suggesting that to parents. Is there any ways that you found that can help kids bring that conversation up or help parents get their kids in that conversation that you found?
0: Well, I think you're absolutely right. It can be an uncomfortable conversation. It's probably difficult for a lot of adult children to raise the topic with their parents. My best advice would be to do it in a loving way and to explain that what you want to be doing is to be helpful to them and that you're not talking to them about their finances because you want to find out anything or take anything. What you want to do is help them to be sure that the money that they have is going to last their lives and that they're managing it as best as they can. And I think that by and large, most parents, when they hear that, are going to be happy to have the conversation to do whatever they can. Now, there are going to be some parents who are going to say, I appreciate what you're saying, but I really don't want you to know how much money I have or where it is. And if that's really the case, then there's nothing you can do about it. The best you can do then is to be sure that they have a good financial advisor who is giving them good advice and managing it for them because they won't let you help them out. But with any luck, you'll be able to convince your parents that it is going to be to their best interest for you to have a conversation with them. And if you have brothers and sisters and you can do it together as a family conversation, not an interrogation, but a conversation, that would be useful. If it turns out that there's one of you among their siblings that either has this kind of a background or might have an easier time having the conversation, maybe you designate that's the person to have the talk with
2: your parents rather than all of you at the same time. Rich, I loved your suggestion about helping them save money. I'm actually going to see my folks on Wednesday, and the premise was we finally at age 80, and I hate to admit that publicly for them, but they're finally getting a iPad. An email, which he swore he would never do this. (laughs) Well, of course that means he needs to add internet service to his cable service at home. So, of course, the pricing if you're a long-time cable customer of course pricing keeps ratcheting up and they're always talking about offering bundles for people so i just did some shopping for him and i said hey i'm gonna just stop by and get him on the phone because what they're offering new customers versus existing customers what they're paying for cable the new customer today could have a bundle of telephone internet plus cable. And he said, really? So I said, Dad, that's actually, in essence, costing an extra thousand bucks a year. That got his attention. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) if we just start with that conversation, I know how the rest of it's going to go. We'll start talking about other things. And sometimes it's just spending time with your parents and they appreciate it. And if there's a financial premise to it, all kinds of doors can open.
0: Yeah. The other thing that happens often for people in their 70s and 80s is they're looking for Friendship and companionship and people to talk with because it can be a lonely time for them. So if they start getting phone calls or invitations to go to free lunch seminar, they're often very interested in that because it's a new outlet for them. Unfortunately, sometimes the people making those phone calls and offering those seminars don't have your parents' best interests in mind and, if anything, are there to try to take money from them rather than to help them. So not to say that your parents should never go to a seminar from an advisor or answer a phone call from somebody who wants to talk to them about something, but I do think that you and they need to be sure that they are careful before they sign on the line for anything or commit to something.
1: Being a securities representative, we have to take regular compliance tests, and one of the tests that we were going through was recognizing abuse against the elderly. How big of a problem is it, and what's being done about this financial abuse? I think you kind of talked about it, how they lure them in sometimes to take advantage of, but what kind of things are happening?
0: Well, it is a huge problem. By one estimate from MetLife, they estimate that $2.9 billion a year is the dollar figure for the amount of financial abuse for people over 60. And then that figure is up about 10% from the year before. Another study that just came out was from the Certified Financial Planners Board, and they estimate that more than half of Americans know some senior who has been defrauded, and they estimate that the fraud works out to be, on average, about $140,000 every time it happens. So we're not talking about small potatoes. We're talking about serious losses and a major problem for their financial stability and well being for their retirement. So it really is serious. Now what's being done about it, I'm sorry to say I, I don't feel like there's a lot being done about it. There are some efforts happening. The federal government has created an insurance agency task force to try to look at that and that's good. And there are some groups that I think do a really good job to try to spread the word about financial fraud and red flags to watch out for. There's one that I particularly like called Investor Protection Trust. And this is a group that whose whole job is to try to help people be smarter with their money and smarter as investors. There's also some other groups. The National Council on Aging is very good. And there's something called the National Center on Elder Abuse, which is part of the Administration on Aging. And what I like about them, they have a website that's ncea.aoa.gov. But if you just Google National Center on Elder Abuse, you'll get there. What I like about their site is that they have a state-by-state directory of what they call helplines and hotlines and elder abuse prevention resources. And so that way you can find out, well, what agency or where do I go for the state that my parents live in or maybe where I live to try to help them to find out who can be useful to prevent them and help them out if they've been victimized.
2: Just share with us maybe some of the latest scams aimed at the elderly and how you can prevent your parents from becoming victims.
0: We just recently wrote an article on nextavenue.org where we pointed out three new scams that are really a little bit surprising, I think, and ones you really want to be careful about and your parents need to be careful about. One is what's called hijacking email. And what happens here is a scam artist gets a hold of your email or your parents' email, sees how you write, how they write, Then they, acting as you, pretending that they are you, using that email address, send an email to their financial advisor of your parents or of you and say, could you please send me X money from my account? And, of course, that money ends up going to the crook, not to you or to your parents. Another scam we heard about recently was called the courier services scam, and this is basically where somebody rings the doorbell of your parents and they basically ask them to sign some documents saying that they're from a courier service. It all seems on the up and up, and the older people sign it, and what they don't realize is that they're signing away, that they're now going to be paying something on their own credit card, and they didn't realize that they're doing that because they assumed that it was legitimate. And then the other one is the one I mentioned before, which is the free lunch seminar, which is in some cases, not every case, but in some cases, financial advisors who say we'd like to invite people to a seminar, often they'll go to an independent living facility or even an assisted living facility and invite the people there to come to a seminar. Basically, what they're trying to do is sell living trusts or annuities that are very expensive products that may or may not be right for the people in the audience, but often the people there sign up because they feel that they ought to. So these are just a few of the scams these days.
2: I appreciate those cautions. Rich, let's take a short break, and when we come back, let's talk about how, you mentioned this earlier in the show, is how siblings can work together to kind of take care of their parents' finances. So please stay tuned.
3: This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your Real Wealth Advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks before investing. Real Wealth Advisors offer security. Securities and Investment Advisory Services through Woodbury Financial Services, Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and Registered Investment Advisor, PO Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services, Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. Having a conversation with your child is like putting money in the bank. For example, every time you ask your child...
2: So, how was your day?
3: You've just added to your conversation trust account. And when you say to your child... Good job, son. You get double deposits. And the more you ask, the more you put away. And it's good advice to... <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's good advice to have... Stop that. And it's good advice to have little chats with your child as often as you can. Thank you. Because someday, when they're teenagers, it may pay off big dividends.
2: Dad, can I ask you something?
3: Give your family everything. Give them your time.
2: Thanks, Dad. I think you're right. Welcome back as we continue our conversation today with Rich Eisenberg, who is the senior web editor for www.nextavenue.org and also the author of How to Avoid a Financial Midlife Crisis. So tell us, like you mentioned in the first part of the show, how should siblings work together to help with their parents' finances?
0: Well, I think the first thing that you want to do is have a conversation with your siblings together in person if you can, by phone, whatever it needs to be, to really discuss your parents and their finances, especially if you've seen anything that makes you worried. But even if you aren't, just to say they're getting to the age where it's possible they're going to be making some financial mistakes, not even realizing it. And I think we need to be sure that we can do whatever we can to prevent that from happening. So how can we do this? And then I think during the course of that conversation, your other siblings and you will decide What's the best way to do this? Whether you should all have a talk with your parents together, whether one of you should do it. Maybe the one of you sees your parents every week or is a caregiver for them, and it just naturally would fall to that person somebody is long distance and lives quite far away, it may be harder for them to have this kind of a conversation than to do it with your parents. I always think these conversations are much better if you can do them in person, in a very relaxed setting, maybe over the kitchen table, not in a public way, not in a restaurant or any place where anybody else is going to hear you, but in a way that just seems very natural, almost an extension of a natural conversation. If any of your siblings have this kind of background, if any of them are accountants or attorneys or financial planners, it would make a lot of sense for that person to be the one spearheading this because I think that will give your parents a greater level of comfort that this is being done to help them out by somebody who really knows what they're talking about.
1: You've talked a lot about having the conversation. I know it's been very successful with a lot of families that we've worked with out of our office, and that is having the family meeting, not going this alone. And I think one of the big advantages of engaging your financial professional in this is they know a lot of those issues. They know the day-to-day of what's happening being that they're maybe somewhat of a disinterested third party, they don't have the emotions that sometimes are inside a family and they can kind of help bridge some of these more difficult conversations, I think that's a good source to go to to have these meetings is look at using your financial advisor to have a family meeting. Now, before you get into having that meeting, are there any good resources that a family might look to to get themselves prepared for such a meeting?
0: You know, our website, nextavenue.org has done quite a few articles to help our readers and their parents to avoid financial fraud and elder abuse. I recommend starting at nextavenue.org because I think we have some really helpful articles for people that tell them these are some of the red flags to avoid. I would also say to take a look at some of these websites from either government agencies or nonprofit groups who are very helpful for people to prevent themselves from becoming victims. So the investorprotection.org is a very good website, I think, for people to go to. The National Center on Elder Abuse is a very good place to go to, and chances are if you or your parents have a financial advisor, I would expect that they probably have a very good website as well that could probably have some starting tips about how to have to talk with your parents or what to look for to be sure that they're not being taken advantage of
1: with the fact that a financial advisor is so in tune with what's going on they can be the eyes and ears at least on a good portion of what's going on with the parents and if the families work together I think everybody's better served In my own career, I've run across this a couple times. Sometimes it was too late, and other times we were able to make a difference just because we are aware of the circumstances and being able to protect a client from being taken advantage of. So working together as a team, I think, is probably the most important thing, and that's kind of what you're emphasizing here. There's a lot of resources, but if families pool together and work together, I think we'll have much better results and a lot fewer of these problems that we discussed today.
0: I think that's true, and I do think that if your parents have a financial advisor, it would be a great idea for you to have a phone call with that person or a meeting with that person and say either, hey, I'm a little concerned about my parents and their finances and whether they're making smart decisions these days. Are you concerned or have you seen anything that makes you worried? And if they haven't, if the advisor hasn't, then at least I think if you're be placing sort of the bug in their head that says, could you keep an eye out for this? And if you see or hear anything that makes you concerned that your parents have been befriended by somebody who wants to tell them about a great new investment, if the advisor hears something that makes them suspicious, Kind of just the way you have the same sort of conversation perhaps with your parent's doctor and say, please let me know if there's anything about the health that I should know about. Because often the parents don't either think about it or even know how to tell their children about something that's happening right now. But the independent advisor really could do it for them.
1: Well, Rich, we really appreciate you sharing all this information with us today. And with 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day, it's going to be an issue that a lot of us will be facing soon. Having a good experience with the parents and knowing how to work together as a family can transition even to the next generation. So we really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this week. And tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your real wealth advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information would be helpful
3: to a friend or family member, Just click the forward to a friend button. This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your real wealth advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks before investing. Real Wealth Advisors offer securities and investment advisory services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered investment advisor, PO Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. Thank you so much
0: for tuning
3: podcast from Prism Insurance
0: Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes, which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 Or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful week.